0: Hello, I am Sebastian Teotrio. I'm Alex Hollingsworth. Welcome to The Hidden
1: Curriculum, a podcast where we talk about all the stuff you didn't learn graduate.
0: Welcome everyone to this week's episode. We have a very special episode for you today, but before we get into that, Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Um, what about yourself? I'm doing you know, pretty, pretty good. I would say I'm trying to think what new, what new thing has happened in my life. Oh, I went camping. Uh, this past weekend, and that was really fun. Um, But it was really cold at night, so weather started changing already here. Did you have,
1: like, a legit sleeping bag, or were you, like, really cold because you had, like, a summer bag?
0: So we have two sleeping bags in this household. One is a sleeping bag that I had since I was 12 years old. And another one is a sleeping bag that my partner has that actually is for cold temperatures. And I was initially just gonna bring my own, but uh, she's told me like, you should bring that one. And that was like a, that actually saved my life because otherwise I don't think I could have survived the coldness. We would be
1: sending out a search party right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, geez, Um, awesome. So uh, Alex, tell us a little bit of what we're gonna do this week that is and this a little bit different. What are you gonna show us in your workflow?
1: So we received a lot of requests where people want to see like exactly how we are interacting with our code and state code, how we're writing, how we're saving, how we're interacting with co-authors specifically using Dropbox, Git and Overleaf. Uh so in response to those requests because we had done a previous episode that was like a high-level workflow mm-hmm. episode that didn't touch on any specific tools, uh we've recorded a video of you and I sort of going through uh one of like an example state project that will be available online as a GitHub repo for people to download.
0: Oh, um, and, nice, I forgot yeah, about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and in that recording, we're gonna be referencing things on the screen. And we try really hard to uh, make it uh, accessible for people listening, uh, the people that don't wanna watch the YouTube video, uh, because this won't be for everyone, but uh, we, we want to uh, warn people beforehand that we will actually be talking about lines of code or specific things that we're running uh, it might be boring or it might not be 100% clear if you're just listening to it, although we try really hard to explain what's going on.
0: Yeah, so uh, the rest of the podcast that you'll hear will be us or Alex going through that and me asking questions. But again, you can find the full video online. We'll put a, a link in the show notes. And the video is a little bit long. So my recommendation is two things that are, you know, in one sitting you can you consume it and, or uh, you can consume it by parts kind of like all right i'm gonna focus in the first 10 minutes where he's building this thing and then you do it on your own computer and then at a different time you kind of could build it up because there's a lot of things that i think alex shows us in that process that are really helpful and and i kind of want to be doing them as as he's doing that so you could also just have side by side the video while you're doing it
1: yeah and then just one last thing this isn't like some optimal workflow. I think we mentioned that in the podcast. This is just one way to do it because people requested to see how we do this. There are ways that are definitely better and ways that are different uh, and we'll have other pros and cons. So if you have your own method or a different way of doing stuff, please share it with us. Feel free to record stuff. We'll try to retweet it um, and and get it out there as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, That's great. All right. So without further ado, we will start with the audio from that episode. So yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. And I think we can dive in. Alex, you want to take it away?
1: Yeah, sure. So just to start off, this isn't like some correct workflow. And what this means by workflow isn't like, uh, so in the episode we did before, we tried to stay at a high level and like not talk about specific tools. We had a lot of questions like, oh, how do you use Overleaf and GitHub? How do you use Stata and R? Like, how do you, how do you specifically do this? So I just wanted to show you if I were to start a project today, what I would do. And just like any good empirical economist, just like anybody that uh, codes, a lot of this is wholesale taken from other people that had good ideas. Yeah. So I don't want you to think like, if there's something really smart in here, it's definitely taken from somebody else. Right? <laughs> so, and it's mostly other people I've co-authored with. So Ivan Rudick, other people that uh, have written really good guides like Julian Reif and thousands of anonymous people on Stack Exchange. So um, if there's anything that doesn't work, uh, it's because I probably screwed it up. Or
0: we can blame it on them. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, It's the Stack Exchange people. No, they're amazing. Um, So I'm just going to... Wait, wait. And how, like, do you, um, I want to ask two questions. One is, how long do you think it's been a process that is taking you here? Like, have you not modified anything from about two, three years ago? Or as we know, it's a constant process and, and you're now changing things more than before or less than before?
1: I'm constantly changing and upgrading and tweaking things almost to a fault, I imagine. But like, so for instance, uh, Julian's how to code and state a guide or whatever he calls it mm-hmm, came out yeah. recently. And a lot of that stuff in there I had done before. Uh, it was sort of affirming a of, of processes that I found helpful. But one of the things that I didn't know Uh, was that you could just save all of your user-written SSC files. So if you use like a user-written function, like reg HDFE in Stata, Mm -hmm. well, you could just save that in a folder and have Stata only access that. So that was something that like Julian recommended. So that's something like basically Ivan and I immediately implemented in our setup. Uh, And it took a little finagling to get to work in in some settings, but it, it works quite well.
0: All right. So let's dig in. So you're about to start a project. What do you do?
1: Okay, so uh I basically copy an existing project. I do the same thing for referee reports, for all sorts of stuff. I take something that is working and I copy it and I tweak it. Uh so what I tried to do today is I tried to make like a totally empty project with like no information. Okay. And w- this stems from a thing that I had sent to co-authors previously that I wanted to show them how I like use data output, um mm-hmm. so like a graph or a table or something and how I interact it or integrate it, excuse me, with LaTeX. So just like honestly, and you can sort of see the date modified here in the 10 minutes before this, I tried to like get all of the files together in like a blank project directory and a structure where I think it would work um, if you were trying to sort of start an entire project, not just showing that one thing, Mm -hmm. but I want to stress, I haven't done this. I haven't actually hit run on the do file uh, on anything. So stuff's going to break. I'm going to try to fix it. Uh, We'll edit out like uh, from at least the audio, anything that's like really long. But in the video, right. like if you're interested, we'll like, we're not going to like edit the video. You can see all the steps and things that I have to do uh, mm-hmm. to, to fix
0: it up. And explain us, are you going to explain us these two windows that you have here? What are the difference? E-
1: exactly. So uh, one of the windows is, a, is basically uh, a window to a Dropbox folder that's titled oh. example project. Mm-hmm. And then the other is a local folder. Well, both are local on my computer, but one is synced via Dropbox. And the other has the exact same name and it's somewhere else on my computer. It's called example project. Okay. It's not pertinent that they be the same name, um, but basically one of them is gonna be stuff that I want Dropbox to sync. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is gonna be stuff that I wanna put in version control or not sync at all. Right. So okay. um, one of them is gonna be sort of attached, is, is gonna be synced using GitHub and one is synced via Dropbox.
0: And what's the, why not everything in Dropbox?
1: So what I want is a full version history of all these files in a way that really Mm. accurately integrates differences in code. So Dropbox is great in the sense that like, if I make a change on this to a particular file, it'll make that change also on your computer. But let's say I make a change to a very specific line of code and you make a change to another line of code, uh, Dropbox is going to struggle merging those two changes. Mm. So GitHub is something that's very good at integrating those different changes. Uh, And you also get sort of a more granular version control. So uh, think of it as like a history of all the saves you've made in uh, GitHub, uh, than you can in Dropbox.
0: And can you you quickly give us an example of when you use that version control feature, whether that was with co-authors or in a project by yourself?
1: So I use it both um, with co-authors or uh, in projects by myself. Uh, Maybe telling you why it's useful more than, so I use it all the time. Basically anytime I like hit save or I implement a new feature, I also make a commit. You can just think of that phrase, making a commit is like saving it again uh, in in GitHub. Um, And a time when it was really useful was uh, I made a, a stats package that does a type of synthetic control using a lasso. And I really wanted to test out and see if like a new feature would work well on it. Mm. So I was able to like totally, I was able to like edit my code with reckless abandon and I totally (laughs) botched it up. I made a mess of it. And I was just able to be like, oh, I want to go back to like yesterday because it was working fine yesterday. Mm. And I was able to sort of go back to that safely. And I I sort of had this uh, free sandbox environment in which to work. Gotcha, gotcha,
0: gotcha, okay, thank you. Um,
1: Yeah, so that's basically the main setup here. Uh, And then I like to write in LaTeX that's by no means necessary, but if you like to write in LaTeX too, you can think of your tech file as basically a big code, right? You know, it looks like Mm -hmm. code when you're writing in it. So I put that in, uh, in GitHub as well. And then I actually use GitHub uh, to sync my Overleaf account. And then I do all of my writing when I'm working with co-authors, at least uh, typically in Overleaf. So I'll show you how to set that up
0: as well. Awesome.
1: Okay. So I'm gonna start with the GitHub folder, which is this one right here. So we're gonna send the Dropbox folder to the right. We're gonna put the GitHub folder on the left. And so the GitHub folder is basically has a few main things. It has um, a two project files, one for R and one for Stata. I'll go over what those are uh, here in a moment. If you don't use R, if you don't use Stata, you you obviously don't need uh, both of these. Um, and then it has at the same level in the directory, a LaTeX folder, logs, output, scripts, and a temp file or yeah. directory, excuse me. So each one of these contains sort of things that are related to those various titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the stuff you're most familiar with is, is what's in the scripts folder. So those are things like do files or R scripts. In mm-hmm. um, the output, that's gonna be things like figures and tables that will get generated as you create it. Um, and in the LaTeX folder, um, I have obviously the LaTeX file where I'll be doing the writing and then mm. also an additional subfolder for reference information. And then what I call a folder called LaTeX extras, which is just like, if you've mm. ever written in LaTeX, you notice there's a bunch of packages that show up at the top. Mm. Those are distracting and messy to me. Um, some of them in particular that are related to importing tables from Stata mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. end up changing the color pa- the colors in some of these IDEs okay. that I don't like. So I put them in these... Uh, in the subfolder that gets sort of read into my LaTeX okay. file. Uh, I just think it cleans it up a little bit.
0: Great question. What is a state a Stata project file? So
1: I will, I'll just show you that now. This is a okay. perfect time. So okay. see this file right here. And what I'll do is I will click this file. So what that does is you see that Stata, it was already open on my computer. So open up very quickly. Um, uh, it opens up in a thing called a project manager. Mm. And basically you can think of that as an anchor point saying to my computer, Hey, my project is located in this particular directory on my computer. Huh? So any other file that I'm going to open up after this, will know that it's starting in this position. Interesting. And what this does is it allows you to use relative paths rather than global or full paths. So if I want to call uh, a file that's in this, uh, that's just below this example project.stpr, mm-hmm. stpr, Stata project uh, file, all I need to do is refer to the folder name. So my, fol- my scripts, my do files are in a folder called scripts. And okay. the first one is called run underscore file. Mm-hmm. So once I open up this example project Stata project, mm-hmm. All I need to do to do the do file, run file, is just type in do zero dot run underscore file. I don't need all of that extra preface material to say where it is on my computer. I see. So this is really nice when you're co-authoring,
0: right? I it see, saves I
1: see. the, you can sort of use the identical code.
0: So is, is it like similar to created a do file or a bunch of like directory and globals where somebody would change? Like uh, the file, the first file path is that. Is that kind of like the idea? Or like that's a, exactly
1: right. So okay. um, that's what I used to do. Uh, I used to uh, have every one of the co-authors that I'm working with uh, add to their profile.do, which is something that gets run each time you start Stata, a little command that says like on my computer Google Drive is located here, or on my computer Dropbox is located here, and then we could all use dollar sign Google or dollar sign Dropbox or something. Right. Our code would be the same. This sort of takes this replaces the use of globals
0: wow i don't think I knew that, and now I feel like my life is changing <laughs> yeah so
1: state, state of projects is something I also recently learned about from a co-author okay. um, uh, and we use our projects quite a bit and here i'll just at the same time i'll open up our projects for the our, our users here. our Boo. project's is basically kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it's basically the same thing, right so you can see here I just opened up this R project file and then Uh, Our projects is a little nicer in the sense that it automatically is like, oh, you were in this directory and it shows me all of the files and folders in that directory. Whereas in this data projects one, I have to actually, once I open up the data projects file or create it, I have to sort of right click and tell it, oh, please add these files to this project. It doesn't automatically say, oh, everything around me and like sort of under me in this directory uh, Mm -hmm. in subfolders needs to be added. so that's the only okay. difference
0: really between the okay. two. Interesting, cool, cool, cool.
1: Okay, so I can uh, now sort of get to show you some of my favorite things. Yeah. I think the R v Stata debate is stupid. I use both I know, R and Stata bad. and I call R from Stata.
0: So, <gasps> the ring,
1: the ring. Yeah, exactly, it's like sacrilege. Everyone's gonna yeah. be upset. <laughs> um, so here, let's just say you're, you're starting a project. The first thing I'd do is I would go in here and I'd open up this sort of Stata projects file. Uh, some place to put your name, the title of the journal, if this is some type of replication thing. Uh, I am a Unix user. This is a Mac computer, right? So it's built on the Unix architecture. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I go and figure out where R is on my computer. And I often will download things from the internet using WGET. And I tend to use shell commands, meaning in Mm -hmm. Stata, I'll use something like the exclamation point or literally the word shell um, to run commands on my Mac. Mm -hmm. So if you were a windows user and you tried to run a shell command for a Mac, it might not necessarily work. Right. So keep Mm -hmm. that in mind. Um, and in order to run R using Stata, you just need to know, well, how would I tell my computer to run R? And it turns out if you were to type this in, this would open up R and run it. Mm -hmm. And this right here is just like, it's the location of the executable for R basically on my computer. Mm -hmm. Then I have a bunch of just various global options that are things like, uh, do you want to download data if this is restricted access project? Uh, Do you want to use uh, the do files that touch restricted access? Is it slow code? Um, In this particular example, we won't be getting into all of those differences because there's just one do file to run. But I put those in there to know, oh, this is how you would do it. Uh, And so for instance-
0: Wait, sorry, what's deprecated code?
1: deprecated. So it turns out a project I recently uh, sort of submitted code for used a, an R function that no longer works, but Uh, it was sort of relevant. We needed that, uh, the results from that package. So we included the code, but then we like put it or an if statement around it that was like, by the way, if you tried to run this, it wouldn't work.
0: Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. So um, yeah, it it accessed Google API in a way and Google doesn't allow that anymore.
0: This is so funny because I just did a replication file and like, this low code restricted access and the build data like all of those like i had like obviously a not fancy way of doing that just like run the, run this do file if you want that or run this do file yeah,
1: that works though too right like know, this, nothing does, has but, to be perfect
0: just, but but now i'm like like i can totally see how this is used like how this is useful
1: yeah and we're not going to use any of these things today except yeah, for downloads right, right so let's right, say right. you wanted to uh uh, have a nice theme for your graphics and data with doing minimal work. There's this awesome package oh and scheme gosh. called Blind Schemes.
0: I'm install it right now. Okay. Yeah. So
1: SSC install Blind Schemes, and then set scheme plot plane blind, and then run a little scatter plot. You'll be so happy. Okay. Um, but in any case, uh, this right here will download uh, any type of. So for those who are listening, it's basically an if statement. It says hey, if downloads global is set to one. I'd like you to go in. I'd like you to uh, install these various user written packages. Mm -hmm. And now what's key is that this occurs after I'm editing the new file right here. So that's the case. uh, After you take off path, you say, Hey, Stata don't access personal plus site or old place, access this new file that I created called
0: Stata packages. Under this project file folder because you already specified it. Right? I will show you
1: in a second how to make this. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things where I was like, oh, I could have done this before, but I was like, I want to do this mm-hmm. sort of live so people can mm-hmm. see. We're uh, doing it live. Yeah, ex- exactly, right? So people can <laughs> see the, the sauce. Um, so this right here basically says, hey, this folder stata packages only use stuff in Stata and stuff that is in this folder. So if you wanted to use reg HDFE, even though that's in my personal or maybe it's in my plus, uh, folder. Since I didn't download it, and I'm only using this folder, I would not be able to use reg HDFE. Mm. I would have to add another line where I installed reg HDFE and f-tools and all the dependencies and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And what what about the version? So people like to put like the version. How does that? How do we deal with that? You
1: you could install the version, but this is actually designed to make sure that your code's replicable in the future. So let's say that uh, so mm. that deprecated issue that I had, I obviously wasn't using this uh, system when we set that up. So let's say in like 20 years, uh, reg HDFE is just so different that your old code using it no longer runs. Well mm-hmm. then your replication files won't run anymore. So what mm-hmm. this does is this will always say that the files in stata packages are the ones that I want used. I see. When you, were, when you would submit this, let's say for like, let's say you have like an AER or something and you, you're going to Lars and you're going to get your stuff replicated, um, you delete actually this download packages stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then you just say, hey, Lars, only use, when you're replicating this, the stuff that's in state underscore mm-hmm. packages because that's the that version sense. that I used.
0: That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Got it.
1: Yeah. So um, let's run this right now. Uh, but <gasps> before we run it, it won't work. So, and this is the thing. You don't really want to run version control on all these different thousands of package right. files and things, right? Yeah. Um, but you also want your computer to be able to access them by saying, hey, it's in the same folder as where my Stata project file is. Mm-hmm. So, and if you have co authors, you want to be using the same versions of all these different things. So, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. So, the trick is to create in Dropbox, right, which is this bottom one, bottom uh, window right here, a folder called Stata Packages. Mm. And you download all your things in that Stata Package folder, but then in your other folder on your computer where you contain all the scripts and whatnot, you contain a shortcut or a symbolic link to that one. And I'll show you how to do that in hopefully just a second. Okay. So on Mac, it's really easy. Um, you just can open up terminal and do it. It's also really easy to do on Windows, but I, I don't have a Windows machine, so I can't show you. So all you do is you type LN-S, and that's just saying, hey, I wanna make a symbolic link between this folder. This is
0: like the direct access in Windows, right? I, I like think an icon. so. Okay.
1: Uh, I, th- I, I view it like a shortcut, but I'm not sure yeah, if that exact shortcut. terminology yeah, yeah, yeah. is right.
0: So, I okay. think that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm pretty sure what you do, um, this is dangerous because I, I always Google everything, um, <laughs> is you basically can just say, hey, where is the folder that I'm interested in making a symbolic link to? So you go to Dropbox, and I'm calling this example project, and then data packages. And what I'd love is to make a symbolic link to my... GitHub example project folder right there. Yeah. So I'll just hit enter, and bam, you can see now in my GitHub
0: mm.
1: there's a new thing that says data packages, and it's got that little arrow right there.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. And then I'm going to do the same thing right now for our packages, um, just because I know I'm going to need that for later on.
0: I see. And what is there a reason why you have to create a Dropbox and call it? From, our, from the GitHub folder versus the other way around?
1: So I want everything, basically, I want stuff in my GitHub folder to be git to be used on it. And I don't care to know about all of the different changes. And basically, uh, when you download packages, R packages or Stata packages, thousands and thousands of files will be downloaded. Mm. And that will gum up, your computer will always be looking for all those smallest changes in all those different files, if you put them in Git, I don't care about those small changes. I just want them in a spot where both my co-authors and I can access and they're sort of static. So I like to put them in Dropbox for that reason. But then the scripts, the things that I want Git to be using are in this GitHub folder. Mm -hmm. So it needs to sort of be at the same level in the same folder in in order for them to access it where the state of project file is actually useful. Okay, so we made that. And now we'll go and we'll download so we can see, look, we'll open up Stata packages. It's empty, right? Magic. Nothing's we'll in it. there and we'll download Estout <laughs> and
0: blind schemes real quick. It, what are you running this do file or file? I'm sorry. Is that a do file window in Stata? Like what are you using? It's a do?
1: state of project window that shows you the do file, uh, okay. but you can see now. So this ran, it yep. seemed Oh, <laughs> downloads was set to zero. So, it ran, but nothing happened. Right. So as soon as I turn my option on for the downloads
0: to run, right.
1: it's running and now it's downloading sdout and then it'll be downloading blind schemes
0: right wow. afterwards. Claps. Let's do claps. It worked.
1: And see, so you can see here, it says installing into Stata-packages. Okay. So now if I, see it. from the Dropbox window, I look at Stata packages, like, oh, wow. It has a whole bunch of files and Beautiful. things in there now that were just downloaded when I SSC wow. installed those two packages.
0: 10 out of 10. So,
1: well, that's, that's the first one we ran without error, but we'll see. There's a lot more. 10 out of 10. So, now we'll just sort of go through. Um, the rest of these are various globals. Like I said, you don't need these anymore. Uh, I still, these are sort of vestigial from previous ways that I've coded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these are basically just saying, hey, instead of data slash data for analysis, we'll just use the data path global, right? right? Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of things for raw data, temp paths, script paths, yep. results. Yep, yep, yep. I tell Stata, hey, I'm version 15. I close open logs. I close memory, I make a global for the date. Um, I set the font that I'd like to use. Uh, probably <sighs> a, a thing that's new for bottom. people is I also uh, set scheme plot plane blind. That's a oh. scheme that comes from those blind schemes package that I just I,
0: installed. I literally, I literally was, a, was texting some of my friends about like, hey, do you have a way, a scheme you know that you use? Because I always like to use this other one. So I'm going to check that out. This is, this is awesome. It's pretty nice. I I really like want to do this like right now as I'm like doing it. Just a second.
1: Just a second. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Cody wing showed me this. So it's great.
0: Gotcha. Um, And 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 this is the one that has like, it's great for people who are colorblind. I think
1: allegedly um, I am not colorblind, so I cannot evaluate that. Um, But yes, it's designed basically for people that are colorblind.
0: Gotcha. Amazing. Um,
1: uh, So set more off, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. matrix drop all, and then some information that might go on the top of a log file if you want it. You can see I just literally copied this from an existing project. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I then basically, this is a master file or a run file as I like to call it. Um, So this is this do file that I'm looking at right now is is titled zero dot run underscore file. Um, So the next thing is just to run some do files or script files. So if you want to run a do file and state that's really easy, you just type in do and then a path to that particular yep. uh, do file. So here it's just do script path one.testscript.do, right? Mm-hmm. And I use that one to sort of say, hey, this is the, the next thing in sort of the list of stuff you'd want to run. Uh, even though I have this particular sort of master file running everything as I'm editing them or working on them, it's nice for me to sort of know the logical order that they run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then, the next thing is I just call an R script. So mm-hmm. you could use a shell command, and then you say, "Hey, my computer, run this thing" by writing the shell command. Mm-hmm. And then you have a right now. I have it set up as a global, but you could just specify the full path to your R executable, and then this option—it's uh, dash dash vanilla—and <laughs> then a little carrot that are necessary to get R to run, and then a path to the script path that I wrote for R, which mm-hmm. just makes a little scatter plot.
0: Gotcha. So I'll and so, oh, go, on. go ahead. I was going to say if you it seems to me that if you want to start use this for a a new project or a different project, really you copy and paste. And the only thing you have to change is what commands you need to install the local for the project name. And that's almost it, right? There's nothing else to be changed.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure we'll run into some error that I've omitted or did something, but I like spent nine minutes putting this together from an existing project. So, so you're totally right. Uh, that, that it's fairly easy to use. Um, so before I run everything, I'll just sh- kind of walk through what's in test script. Um, this okay. podcast is not about how to use, uh, how, it's not about how to use LaTeX or how to link data in LaTeX, mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. test script is my code that I use to like show one of my co-authors once, here's how I do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the test script does is it just opens up the auto data set and makes a LaTeX summary statistics table. Um I sort of was just like hacking together from existing code that I had. So I wanted to show some features. So like, mm, it says like mortality sample, right? But like, it's like cars from the 1970s.
0: Yeah. Um, this is so your NASCAR I'm, paper, right? This one? No.
1: This one might've been from an opioids paper, but the other stuff, this is all hacked together from various projects. Okay. So it was okay. from the NASCAR paper earlier. Now it's like-
0: Recently published, by the way. Just- Yeah, out there.
1: <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we're very excited for that. Um, here, actually, I an error here.
0: Oh, um, so this will produce a text file, uh, a text file with a bunch of analysis. Let's say, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I run yeah. a bunch of regressions, uh, sure. storing things like, is do these have year dummies or state dummies? Like, regardless mm-hmm. of whether mm-hmm. they actually do or not, um, mm-hmm. just to sort of show how that would work. Uh, run some uh, exporting of the results,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and then I think I make like a couple scatter plots and, and save all. Those
0: Fantastic! Things. Amazing. Um,
1: so it turns.
0: Oh, why and why do you save the graphs on PDF as opposed to PNG?
1: No particular reason. Okay. Um,
0: basically, some
1: places want them in PDF so they're editable, uh, whereas a PNG is not editable. I for no real reason prefer P- I guess PDFs a li- it's infinitely zoomable, so I prefer it because it's often vectorized. Gotcha. Um, whereas a PDF is like more like a screenshot. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Doesn't really matter. No. So I just not noticed good. in that test script that it had like an SSC install coef plot, so I'm going to go <gasps> in and. Oh,
0: right gotcha. God bless plot.
1: Yeah, so now I don't actually use plot anymore. I, <gasps> I, I I like mimic it by like storing all of all of the different results. Yeah,
0: I actually I, I kind of slowly moved away from from yeah, It's but just I not it as away.
1: flexible. But it's it's a great push in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: whatever I'm going to run this right now, and then I'll also before I actually before I run it, I'll show you what's in the R project. The R project is really simple. Um, probably the only thing that is new to people who use R frequently. Uh, so first of all, my one, my coauthor, uh, Ivan hates that I put this clear memory thing beforehand because currently okay. that's a sign of a bad coder. So I am a bad coder, <laughs> by including this,
0: um, cause you're a bad coder. <laughs> yeah. Like do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: uh, yeah. And that's where we just lost half the listeners.
0: Or um, <laughs> we, and we won half of them too, you know? Yeah, exactly.
1: It's hard to know. It's um, <laughs> basically this uh, changing the location of where the R packages is, uh, is this line right here. So this is just doing the same thing as all those yeah. minus personals and uh, adding of Stata packages uh, from the state thing. This is just saying, Hey, only look in this folder, R packages. Uh, and then if you don't know about Pac-Man, get Pac-Man, Pac-Man rocks, it's package manager for r uh, and basically you just install pacman and then you say hey load up this package and if you don't have it it'll load it mm, which is phenomenal
0: wow um wow you're all, truly bilingual
1: <laughs> just slowly learning right um <laughs> if, if google didn't exist i don't think i could do
0: anything <laughs> <laughs> fair enough
1: um and then all this does is there's a a, a diamonds data set it's a lot like if you're a state user who uses the auto data set to mm. sort of do minimum working examples. This comes with ggplot. It's the, the graphics sort of engine that a lot mm-hmm. of people use in R. And it's just information about diamonds, like price mm-hmm. and cut and quality. Um, so, and then all I did is I set up a little quick scatter plot of price against carrot. Uh, and then we're gonna save that here as a PNG.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so let's, this is the magic moment, Sebastian. <gasps> Drum just roll. hit the, hit the run mm. file. Okay. see if everything runs uh, so downloads is still set to one so it's re-downloading
0: everything oh and, okay fair enough well you that. also have to do that because of quest well i guess you don't technically have to because you probably have them installed but
1: oh uh, no no because this is in that it needs to be in that folder it right? needs
0: to be in that folder so wow, you can see beautiful. like
1: there's some changes you'd obviously want to make oh such type a font cute is graph so, yeah it's just so small um
0: that yeah the fonts are small but like they look super clean
1: Yes. So hold on one moment. So Mm -hmm. rather than me trying to debug that on the fly, because I think that might take me a moment, what I'm going to do is I am going to run this script file, our file, and I'm just highlighting and running the things Mm -hmm. that I would like to plot. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Two questions. So can you show us the thing about, I'm going to change my code and branch it out and then go back to before the change thing to see how that works.
1: Yeah. That's super easy to do. So let me.
0: And then the second question is um, if you have a good YouTube video or some link to a tutorial of, for people who want to start using Git, um, you can let me know and I'll put it in the, on the show notes or on the.
1: Yeah. I find what I find with Git is like, people make it really complicated because they Mm -hmm. can do so many things, but like all you need to do is like download it and then like, use it like like click basically like use github desktop and be like every time you save or you're at a point where you're like okay i'd love like a version of this to be like there i want to start working in overleaf just like commit and put it up to you know the the sort of uh the cloud Mm -hmm. and then you're fine like all that other stuff's great that it does it but it's not necessary to have these Mm -hmm. version control and then if you get in a problem where you're like Mm -hmm. oh man i need to go back a couple weeks google your heart out and figure out how to use it (laughs) or
0: bing.com
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah I forgot. You're, it's like from the dark side. Okay. So I made a change. I just said, this is a change. Um, okay. in this file. So you can see if I go to changes uh-huh. in my GitHub desktop, it yes, says, oh, this highlights. is a change. Now I could update this to the master branch or I could I create a new branch. So I often we'll call this like the dev branch or something. So like that's some development code I'm working on. Gotcha. And then you could change like, well, do you want to be, do you want to, put this in the master or do you want to bring all the changes to this dev branch? So now I'm in the dev branch. Let's say, uh, so I'll say like update test script dot one, publish Mm -hmm. it. So now the branch is up there. So I'm working in this dev branch. Everything's Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I want to, I want to go back to that thing that was working really well.
0: Mm -hmm. So all you
1: need to do is go up to the branch, switch back to master. And then you'll actually notice if I open up this do file, that change isn't there anymore. Cause I Mm -hmm. never added that change to the master branch. And then if I go over here and I'm like, oh, let me go to the dev branch. Open this up. Ooh, that changes there.
0: Wow. So it
1: literally changes the files on your computer. 10
0: out of 10. Based off
1: what branch you're in.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. Well, this is awesome. I feel like I've learned a ton. Um and listeners from the podcast, I would, I would, this is a long episode. So what I would recommend is to listen it by parts or go check the video. And like, you know, you don't have to do this all in one sit-in, but um, you can just do it by parts. So and that's I think a really good way to consume it. But any any other final thoughts, Alex?
1: No, no, I'm good. Um, maybe we should add a note
0: to the beginning that it's a long episode too. I, I, yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, maybe on I'll the description, I'll, I'll add an episode, a note about that. Uh, great. This is awesome. So that was Alex' workflow for particularly coding and, and to start analysis and that output. Obviously, there's other other types of, of things like work for, from like writing a paper or how to handle email and all the stuff like that, that we'll be touching in the next few episodes or podcasts. But uh, this is our attempt to do that. Uh, every week we do a recommendation of the week. This could be anything, a tip, an abstract concept, a book, a song, Um, that we think will make your uh, week better. Alex, what is your recommendation of the week?
1: Okay, so I'm trying to stick on theme right here. Um, I think when people are coding, something that they screw up with is they start at the end. They have a particular problem and they wanna know how to solve it. But one thing I've learned from uh, many hours on Stack Exchange is that a minimum working example is the way to go, right? Mm -hmm. Find out the smallest way that you can replicate your problem then figure out how to solve that. And the same thing goes when starting a project from the ground up too, even if you don't have an area you're trying to solve. Figure out how to make it in the simplest way and then slowly add the bills, bells and whistles, you'll be much happier.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. I like that. That's great. Mine, mine is a little bit off, off topic and I was noticing about it today and i wanted to say before i forget it which is if you don't have a toothbrush in your kitchen sink you need to get a toothbrush in your kitchen sink right now because it really helps clean a bunch of stuff that you're probably not cleaning really well so have a toothbrush
1: (laughs) i'm so happy that was your tip because i just saw a toothbrush in the sink and i was like you leave your toothbrush for your teeth in the (laughs) sink I was prepared kind of to disagree. You?
0: No, no. It's just like, I think I started this a year ago and I'm like, this is really being super useful, like way more than I thought. So have a toothbrush in your sink. That is awesome. Anyway, that's my recommendation for the week. Uh, hope you like this episode. Again, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcast or subscribe to your YouTube channel now. Um, It's been uh, great to have you guys this week.
1: Yeah, thank you. And thank you to everybody that's anonymous on the internet that posted all this code and all my (laughs) co-authors.
0: That's right. Awesome. See you guys. Bye.